What's up, Artifabrian? Steven here with another Phantology pre-release breakdown of the Rhythm of War chapters. This time we just have the one chapter. We just have chapter six. So I guess they're kind of staggering their releases. We're only getting one, but that's okay because there's quite a bit to talk about in this one. This chapter picks up, again, from the previous action. And in one of Sanderson's Reddit posts, he mentioned that he wanted this to start kind of in the same way that the climactic scenes from his previous books end. So what I mean is that he split he splits viewpoints a lot, and in the middle of chapters, you'll jump from character to character. And we're getting that here at the beginning of Rhythm of War. And he said that was purposeful. He wanted that difference in tone from the beginning compared to the beginning of other books. So since a year has passed, now we're getting like a little climax to start the book. And really, as a reader, we're trying to figure out what's happened in the intervening time. So I think that is a refreshing difference from the way the previous books have started. And thus far, I've really liked it. I think it's, a, it's an interesting way to start off the book. The epigraph from this one is a discussion about Fabrials, once again, from Navani's lectures. And we're slowly kind of piecing together a little bit more about how these devices worked. It's been a bit of a mystery for us in the past. This one talks about the use of metal and the construct that the Fabrial actually has to have in order to function. And this is interesting because previously we haven't really got that. We just got that they're described in different ways. And there's been some interesting drawings. They've been described as cages a lot of the time. And so I think almost certainly we're seeing a crossover from Mistborn here in that metal is now very important for these devices. We talked about it on our Discord. And if you like Phantology and want to talk with us more, hop on that Discord and, and tell us your theories for Rhythm of War. But this was a theory that we discussed was the use of aluminum. We've seen aluminum in Oathbringer. I talked about it in the last recap. And it seems like the aluminum and the gemstone or, or other metals and gemstones are now working together to create these Fabrials. And one way that we see this is with these weapons that the fused have. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I think these weapons are Fabrials. That's how they're working. That's how they are drawing the stormlight out of radiance after they've been injured. And this is an action that we see when Sigzil gets run through by Leshwi, he fortunately survives. But I think this is where we see that these weapons have got to be Fabrials. And so that makes you wonder, like, how did they get these Fabrials? Maybe someone made them for them. So someone is supplying them with technology or they are making it themselves. Maybe Teravangian is stepping in. We know he, he is uh, fairly far reaching in his resources. So that's a theory from me. We'll see how that plays out. I'm thinking the Fused are supplies. They've, they've got an arms dealer somewhere. So the Fused, again, we're, we're fighting here as, uh, as the fourth bridge takes off with the refugees. The chapter actually starts with Shalon, Vale, Radiant, who are being uh, ushered through a tunnel, through a, a tunnel that's been cut by Shardblade uh, at the bottom of one of these chasms. It leads to the war camp area that we're familiar with. From the first two books, they're escaping the, the conflict that's happening with Adolin's boys who are coming in to rescue Shalon. Shalon is kind of taken by the bumbling Sons of Honor out near the old Sadius lumberyards where uh, too much infamy, Kaladin got Bridge 4 together. And 
talks about how Alali Sadius has killed Thanadol, one of the other high princes, and that she's kind of taken charge of the war camps and set up her little kingdom here. And then we meet Alali. Finally, we see her face to face. Big surprise, but not really. We already we always knew that she was the mastermind behind the Sons of Honor, at least in its current incarnation. I'm still waiting for the Sons to kind of flip the tables on us and be more intimidating than Chalan thinks they are. We st- we know they have someone inside Dalinar's people, but we don't really know what this is yet. They're still kind of pushovers. Vale thinks she's going to kill Alali, and she's going to do this because uh, Alali's messing with, uh, with Shalon, and she's a loose thread that needs to be cut out. And so it's interesting to see Shalon's different personalities kind of war over this, but I think we'll see that uh, maybe next week in in future chapters but that's kind of it for their plot line as of now it leaves off there i mentioned that uh sigzil almost gets killed but he he does get run through by leshui but um due to kind of the strange sense of honor amongst the heavenly ones he survives so he's spared um he heals himself kaladin tells him to bow to leshui and back off because you've been bested it kind of goes back to the action kaladin took in uh, sparing one of the other heavenly ones in the previous chapter. Uh, Sigzil, again, is our Azish world singer from Bridge 4. So this happens. I have some theories on this, but before we go that far, Navani's helping the refugees. There's a few that want to stay behind. There's this fun character named Faliar, who is one of the Ardents who's tugging on his beard. And one of our people on Discord was saying this reminded him of of Nynaeve from Wheel of Time, who is always tugging on her braid, and it's a running joke. And so maybe this is Sanderson kind of like nodding to that a little bit. I totally think it is. I mean, he's tugging on another hairy appendage. So uh, Nynaeve it is. We get a glimpse of Renarin, who is summoning kind of strange lights, comforting a refugee kid. It talks about how there are now other truth watchers that are different than Renarin. So we know Renarin's got this corrupted spren. We're not really sure what that means, and neither is Navani quite yet. She says all Renarin can do is like juggle weird lights around, and she says they're strange, but she doesn't say why. And she says that he's different than the other Truth Watchers who can create illusions similar to Shallan. So interesting. I guess we'll get more there. I think this may have some connection to the way that the Fused worked with their connection to. Odium. I mean, Renarin has a direct connection as well with a corrupted spren, and he kind of he may be um, like bridging the gaps between the two, especially um, with some theories that I have related to the fused. There are some fused that are more or less honorable. The heavenly ones seem pretty honorable. The heavenly ones are basically like the Windrunner version of the fused. We know there are nine orders of fused, so it's going to be a little different than the 10 different knights radiant, but the heavenly ones are like direct relation to the Windrunners. And we know Windrunners bond honor spread and they kind of have those values. And it seems like our heavenly ones here have a similar thing going on. So what does that mean? There's there's some kind of like analogous representation here with the fused. Now, some of the fused are less honorable. Kaladin sees the mysterious red light fused going and and uh, attacking villagers, attacking civilians towards the end of the chapter. So this dude is less honorable unless we agrees to like her and Kaladin kind of 
agree to get it, they're going to go bust this up a little bit and, and, and help out the civilians towards the end of the chapter. That's not resolved here. So if the Heavenly Ones are like Windrunners and they're honorable, these red light things are like Else Callers a little bit, but Else Callers aren't necessarily like brutal and less honorable. So I'm not really sure how, where my theory is going here, but there's got to be some connection. So interested to see where that goes. So another theory. So Dalinar opens another perpendicularity, creates this mysterious tone again. Navani sees Shadesmar, but it's slightly different. She mentions that um, the oath gates to Shadesmar are functional and she has some experience here. So that's something that's happened in the past year. She's mentioned that Yasna has journals out about her experiences in Shadesmar that people have read, so they know quite a bit. But she thinks that this whole perpendicularity thing and the power that Dalinar is accessing comes from a place beyond Shadesmar. It's got to be the spiritual realm, right? But we don't know a whole lot about the spiritual realm as of yet. Like you get some in secret history, Mistborn secret history, but real murky. So interesting that she thinks so strongly that it's powering what Dalinar is doing. And kind of interesting that Sanderson just like throws that out there. Like it's fairly obvious what she's hinting at. So I wonder if um, the tables are going to be turned on us. They're not, but uh, it sounds like we'll see more of the spiritual realm, or at least we'll get more theories related to that. She talks about how with access to these secrets, they could potentially power their fleet of airships. I mean, they have one airship now, but if they had access to this power, they would have the potential to get Eurotheru started again and have a fleet going all uh, in tandem. And that's not something that they could even conceivably do now, but maybe eventually. So it seems like any time in, in fantasy books when they say, oh, I wish we could do something, but this thing's got to happen first. Like that thing's probably going to happen. And they're probably going to do the first thing too. So we'll see. I expect it to to happen eventually. This book, maybe not. I don't know. I expected Eurothiru to get powered up by the end of Oathbringer and that didn't happen. So maybe the fleet of airships is like a, a finale of the first half. Maybe it's a book five thing. We'll see. Also in this chapter, Moash back on the scene. He's using Stormlight, which he we know we have access to because he has Yezrin's um, Honor Blade. This is the Windrunner Blade that Zeth had in the first two books. We don't know much about him other than that uh, they, they see him off in the distance. Navani sees him and he's like, yeah, this Moash, that's the dude who killed Elokar. And she looks at him vehemently. He doesn't take part in the action. He's just kind of standing there on the crest of a hill. So this whole intro like action, it seems interesting, but I'm kind of wondering where it's going. Like, is this just a way to get us back into the world or is something bigger going to happen? And I kind of think something bigger is going to happen. The fact that Moish is on the scene makes you think that this isn't going to go well. Like he's got something up his sleeve or, or the, the fused are, are going to turn the tables on us or, or this honorable duel with the heavenly ones is not all that it seems. So I guess we'll see how this wraps up. We've been going on a few chapters now of this action and, and it's fun. It's interesting to get back in the world in this way, but I think it's going to have bigger ramifications. So, so we'll see there. The only other thing that happens is, is this whole duel with Leshwi that goes on. Kaladin goes on and fights with her for a while. They agree to, to uh, go off and fight the red light. Kaladin almost gets her, but eventually they're kind of like stabbing each other. And again, you know, maybe not necessarily um, necessary action to see, but um, this is always fun. And Sanderson writes these action scenes 
um, in, in ways that really draw you in and gets you into the Windrunner powers. So that's, that's fun. So the Fused, they initially seem so evil, right? Like in the first couple books, um, there's this quote from the Stormfather that I want to read from a previous book. He says, they are the sprint of parchment long dead. They are their kings, their light eyes, their valiant soldiers from long, long ago. The process is not easy on them. Some of these friends are mere forces now, animalistic fragments of minds given power by odium. Others are more awake. Each rebirth further injures their minds, and then they are reborn using the bodies of parchment to become the fused. So the fused are not stable, but they seem to have this like society and this sense of honor amongst them. So I'm really interested in the fused here. It kind of seems like we're going towards more of a redemption thing going on where the fused are going to join with our knights radiant a bit and like fight a common enemy and maybe some of the fused are more corrupted than others and like the red light fused are the real bad fused and the heavenly ones like could be convinced to follow some kind of honorable protocol i don't think we're gonna have like a necessarily human knights radiant versus evil parchment fused that seems too simple i think there's gonna be some mixing and matching and we already see that with moash and we see that with the skybreakers joining odium's side so it's really just going to come down to like odium versus dead honor and cultivation we'll see where this all goes that those are my theories throughout the beginning of rhythm of war and let me just briefly mention i read the prologue of don shard if you haven't yet maybe stop listening but don shard was fun because yalb is still alive great sanderson resurrects yet another character which he likes to do yalb is a fun character i love the scene in way of kings where him and shalom go and buy books for some reason that one scene like has always talked out to me it's awesome it's fun and then uh, they come across the ship called first dreams which is the ship that went off to explore amia in one of the interludes and amia we know is like this kind of forbidden mysterious island so We'll see where this is all going. So looking forward to Donchard. I think Sanderson said he's making good progress on it and wants it out in October-ish. So definitely before Rhythm of War. So thanks for listening. If you like Phantology, check us out online at www.phantologybooks.com, online at Phantology Books on social media, and hop on Discord and let us know what your theories are for Rhythm of War. So thanks, everyone, and we'll catch you next time.